You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Takes, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham. Happy New Year. Happy 2022. This is the first podcast of 2022. It's already like, what, the ninth or something like that? Um, took a couple weeks off, was traveling, having fun, Christmas, New Year's, went to Mexico. Hope you guys had a great holiday season. Hopefully you've got some good news resolutions you're working on. And hopefully one of them is to listen to the podcast more, baby. Every Monday, we're doing these every Monday. I, I record them every Monday morning, try and get them out by noon mountain time every Monday. So please subscribe. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts. Everywhere you get your podcasts, we are there. Please hit the subscribe button. Lots to talk about today. Uh, very, very, very exciting week 18 in the NFL. Again, it's a 17-game season, first time in history. So we go to week 18, <clears throat> and what a finish. So much to talk about. And uh, we're going to start right away with that Chargers-Raiders game. The last game of the season happened to be maybe the most entertaining game of any season ever <laughs> because the Chargers and the Raiders, if they go, they're tied in their record, right? Both nine and seven going into the game. The Chargers on the tiebreaker, though. So if the Chargers, excuse me, if they tie, they both go to the playoffs. The Chargers have the higher seed, the better seed, but the Raiders would still go. If either of them loses, they're out because of some wild stuff that happened earlier in the day. The Colts lay an absolute egg against the Jaguars, which was hilariously embarrassing for them. They were this team that was like so hot, on fire. All they have to be, do is beat the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars, like the worst team in the league, and they get trounced by them. So that opens up the door for a lot of AFC stuff. The, the Steelers then go and get a victory over their rival, the Ravens. And so now it's like, okay, the Steelers are actually in position. They were a long shot to start the, the day, and now all of a sudden they're in position. So because of that Colts victory, now the Steelers are in as long as these two teams, the Chargers and the Raiders, don't tie. That's the only thing that has to happen. Don't tie. If they tie, then the Steelers are out. And wouldn't you know it? It goes into overtimes. The the Chargers and the Raiders goes to overtime, and with the new rules, it's not it's not uh, you know sudden death, where it's the first team to score. It's been like that for a few years now, but unless you score a touchdown, but um, we go field goal, field goal. We get all the way down to like the last two minutes, and it's a tie ball game. Okay, and there's all these conspiracies floating around. The Raiders are around midfield. They start to cross midfield, and it's a long field goal. And they're, they're, the chances of them kicking that field goal and making it are like 40-something percent, right? Then you run the risk of like, do we give them the ball back with good field position where they can maybe get a big play and then they win? Uh, because the Steelers, or excuse me, the Raiders at this point just don't want to lose. That's all they want. They just can't lose. They need to a tie or win. Now, the Raiders are highly incentivized to win, though. Don't kid yourselves. I know the conspiracy theories out there that the teams are going to try and tie. Um, to go to the playoffs, but the Raiders do not want to face the Chiefs in the first round of the playoffs. They got absolutely demolished by them twice this season. 
So trust me, the Raiders did not want to go to Kansas City for the first round of the playoffs just to get crushed again. And even if they did miraculously win that game, their next game is against the number one seed, the Titans. So I don't think anybody wanted the seven seed. The Chargers, however, whether they won or tied, they were going to be the sixth seed. If they lost, they were out entirely. So they were incentivized to at least not lose, right? So this is where it gets interesting. The Raiders definitely want to win. But they certainly would rather tie than lose because getting to the playoffs is better than not getting to the playoffs. So there's a lot of this going into the, you know, being taken into account is the clock's winding down. And it's like, okay, do we kick this super long field goal to, to win it when we don't really need to win? Like we don't have to win. We're in the playoffs whether we win right now or tie. Or do we just take it easy, go for the tie, and get to brag that we got to the playoffs, even though you know you're going to lose to the to the Chiefs, right? Well, <clears throat> they they run the ball on first down. They run the ball on second down. They line up on third down. It's third and four, and they're in shotgun, but they had just run it at a shotgun on second down. So they line up to run it again, most likely. Um, I, I can't imagine they're going to pass. I mean, they were in shotgun. And the Chargers, there's like 30-something seconds left. The Chargers call timeout. And everyone... This is what's got everybody up in arms. They're like, why are you calling timeout? Why did you call timeout? So Chargers call timeout. They change defenses a little bit. Um, after the game, their coach is saying that the, the, the changes, the timeout was to make changes so that they had the best run defenders in the game. Well, I would question why were they not in the game in the first place? In that scenario, you know it's going to be run, 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 run. So why were the best run defenders not already in the game? They call timeout, change personnel, and uh, the Raiders maybe changed their play call. I, you know, probably they did. They end up getting a 10-yard gain, and now all of a sudden a 57-yard field goal is a 47-yard field goal. The percentages, uh, the likelihood of making that field goal jump from 47, 47% to 72%. So at that point, you're kicking that field goal. The only chance of you losing the game at that point, especially after the clocks run all the way down to the last few seconds, are as if it is blocked and returned uh, for a touchdown. And so, and the chances of that happening are just are just very, very slim, right? Very, very slim. We did see it in the Iron Bowl in 2013. Alabama-Auburn, where he catches the field goal that fell just short in the very back of the end zone, returns 109 yards on the final play of the game to win the game. So it can happen, but... That's once in my entire lifetime that I can remember it happening. And so it's not likely. So the Raiders end up kicking a game-winning 47-yard field goal, win the game, and they send the uh, Chargers home out of the playoffs. Steelers get into the playoffs as the seven seeds. So the Steelers will go to um, Kansas City and lose. The Raiders now get to play the Cincinnati Bengals. That's a very winnable game. The Bengals did play them earlier this season, beat them pretty good, but they would much rather play Bengals-Bills, or whatever it ends up being. That's my prediction. They'd much rather go that route than Chiefs-Titans, right? So the Raiders were heavily incentivized, but a wild, wild ending. If you missed it, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I'm in a fantasy football league. We were texting and the thread, just wild and wacky stuff, and... There, there's so many people out there that think that the Chargers totally blew it by calling timeout. I just don't think they did. I don't think it made that big of a difference. The Raiders were not going to try and tie. Uh, there's people taking quotes out of context. You know, after the game, Derek Carr asked, you know, did it change your strategy or did it change your mindset, them calling timeout? I said, yeah, well, obviously it did. 
But he said right after that, what we knew for sure is that we didn't want to tie. I mean, they're trying to win. They're, com- they're competitors, and they were highly incentivized to win the game. And they're in, and they're in the position where the, the risk is so low of losing it. Why would they not try and kick a field goal? So at the very least, they were probably going to pick up two, three, four yards and take that 57-yard field goal down to 52, 53, 54, somewhere in there, right? And so at the very, very worst-case scenario, if they say they only picked up three yards, it's a 54-yard field goal on fourth down. I think they probably try and kick that with with time expiring. Why don't you try and kick that? You know, you probably do. Because again, the only way that you lose is if it's returned all the way. So regardless, I think they were kicking a field goal on the next play. I think a lot of people out there saying they were going to take a knee. I just don't think they were going to. I think that would look really, really bad. And they had they had very little to lose. They were in the driver's seat to win that game or to tie. The worst case scenario truly was a tie, in my opinion. So why not try to win it? And that's what they did, and they did win it. So all of you thinking that the Chargers blew it by calling timeout, it's fun to think that. I just don't think that's the case. I think the Raiders wanted to win the entire time because they wanted to avoid the Chiefs-Titans because they can go beat the Bengals. That's a winnable game. All of a sudden, you're in the second round of the playoffs. That's exciting. That's good for the franchise. Likely going to lose that one, but anything can happen at that point, right? And even then, Bills are more beatable than Chiefs or Titans. So much easier path now for the Raiders. Kudos to them. They are they are winners of four straight. Four straight games of the Raiders. Um, in fact, I've been looking up. So, again, lots going on. So, that, that was very, very fun. So, now the playoffs are set. We know the matchups. Um, and, you know, I made my predictions a couple weeks ago. I guess it's been a few weeks now because it was a couple podcasts ago. I didn't do a podcast for two weeks. And a lot has happened since then. A lot that I predicted has come true. Jamar Chase, I predicted, would be Rookie of the Year. How could he not be at this point? He had that monster game two weeks ago. He had like three touchdowns and 200 and whatever yards or 300 yards, whatever it was. It was a monster, monster game. He's going to absolutely win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, MVP, I said, would probably be Tom Brady. It's going to be a toss-up, but he did lead the league in pretty much everything. Uh, his team is tied for the best record in the league, which is wild. This season did not have a dominant team. The Packers finished 13-4. and four. The Bucks finished 13-4, and four, which I predicted. The only reason the Packers are the number one seed is because they have the better record against the NFC against NFC opponents. And then the number one and two seeds tied as well, uh, for the record anyway, in the AFC, but it's at 12-5, Titans and Chiefs, uh, with the Titans winning the tiebreaker. So playoffs are set. Very, very excited for this upcoming weekend, wildcard weekend. It's going to be awesome. Um, but here's a couple things I want to look at. To, to kind of predict who's going to do what in the playoffs. You want to look at momentum. Like I mentioned just now, the Raiders are winners of four straight. Momentum's big going into the playoffs, right? Like you look at those Giants teams that beat the Patriots, winners of like six straight going into the playoffs. Like they're just trending in the right direction. It looked like the Colts were that team, and then they end the season, two straight losses, don't even make the playoffs. Um, the Raiders, though, have won four straight games. Um, I could see them beating the Bengals. However, the Bengals... They didn't. They they lost their most recent game, but they didn't play any of their starters. They won a bunch. I think they won three in a row before that to kind of win the division. Then they sat all their starters. Week eighteen for them was kind of a moot point. Um, so they're kind of on a roll too, and it's a home game. That one's kind of a toss up. I'm going to go with uh, the Bengals probably to win that game. I do think it's winnable for the Raiders. I just think the Bengals are a little bit better, and I kind of love Joe Burrow. The guys won me over, so um, I think the Bengals win that one. But so that's one thing. You look at momentum. 
who's winning a lot. And the momentum right now, um, the Bills have won four straight. The Raiders have won four straight. The Bucks have won three straight. So that's one thing. You look at talent, okay? Just who has the better team? Who's been better all year long? Who has the better players, better coaches, right? You just look at talent. And a lot of that is determined, or can, not determined, but rather uh, visible statistically in point differential, strength of schedule, strength of victories, things like that. Um, I talk a lot about this with my MBA stuff. You know, the point differential kind of tells a really big story. Um, may, are you squeaking out wins? Are you getting a little bit lucky? It's like this in fantasy too, right? Like which team is scoring the most points? Well, my fantasy league, the the two teams that had scored the most points all season long, they did end up making their way to the championship game against each other. And the guy who had scored the most points all season long did win the championship. And so I do think eventually the points you're scoring and the points you're allowing in real football um, tell a bigger story going into the playoffs than just wins and losses. And what's interesting here is that Buffalo is number one in the NFL in point differential. With a, they've they outscored their opponents this season by 194 points, despite being just 11 and six. They outscored their opponents by 194 points. That's number one in the NFL. Number two is going to surprise you. Number two is the New England Patriots. Weird. And those two teams match up in the first round. That's a first round matchup. Now I'm taking the Bills. I don't. I'm not a big believer in Mac Jones. I think he's done enough to to look like you know the best quarterback in the class. I don't know if that's going to prove to be the case over the next five years, but he's been in a great system with a great coach and giving him the tools he needs to to succeed, the game plans he needs to be successful. Um, I just don't see him hap- happening in the playoffs. I think the Bills are far better team overall. Uh, it's a home game for them. I think Josh Allen's the more experienced and better quarterback. I just think the Bills are ready to do this. And again, they're on a roll. Um, winners of four straight. So to me, the Bills take that one. Um, but that's an interesting one. Plus 194 for the Buffalo, plus 159 for New England. Dallas is third in the NFL and first in the NFC with plus 172. Excuse me, they're actually second in the NFL NFL and first in the NFC with 172 point point differential. Here's what's misleading there. They play in the NFC East, which it pains me to admit is a very poor conference. It's one of the most competitive conferences and one of the most historic conferences with Super Bowl championships across the board. The Giants have three the Washington football team has three. Getting a new name, uh, February 2nd, by the way. Very excited. I'm predicting Commanders. But uh, they've got three. The Eagles have at least one, right? And then the Cowboys have, I think, five. So I think the, the, they have more Super Bowl wins in that division than any other division. But, sorry, I had to take 30 seconds to <laughs> to protect my NFC East. But, but reality is, Washington losing record this year. Philadelphia barely squeaked into the playoffs with the worst record of any playoff team in either conference. And the Giants, one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. So those are the three opponents that the Cowboys faced six games. And guess what? They went 6-0 and against them. And so their point differential and that record, I think, can be a little bit misleading. I'm not a big believer in the Cowboys. I don't think they're going to... I, I, I would be surprised if the Cowboys do well in the playoffs. They're just historically not a very good playoff team. And I do think that their schedule is a little bit misleading. So looking at strength of schedule, by the way, um, let me pull this up here. Uh, Okay, so yeah, Cowboys strength of schedule. I had it written down somewhere. Where is it? 
Here we go. Okay, sorry about that. So Cowboys strength of schedule. So they they played um, their opponents that they played this year had a combined win percentage of 0.488. For perspective, um, the best in the NFL, the hardest schedule in the NFL, I believe, was the Chiefs at 0.538. So their their opponents were were combined above 500. That's very impressive. Um, 0.538. And then uh, the Raiders actually were really high up there at 0. .510. Uh, Steelers at 0. .521. These are the these are the best you know uh, strength of schedules in the NFL. Uh, Chiefs, yeah, Chiefs number one at 0. .538. So Cowboys down at 0. .488. So that's kind of like middle of the pack. The strength of victory though, strength of victory says okay of the games that you won, what were those opponents combined uh, records. Cowboys is 0.431. So they were beating up on the bad teams and losing to the better teams. That's what that tells us. If your strength of victory is lower than your strength of schedule, which for most people it is, but theirs is a pretty significant drop, um, half a point. And so that's something you can look at and say, okay, I don't know that the Cowboys really did a ton. They just beat up on these kind of lowly teams and they didn't necessarily beat really quality opponents. The Tampa Bay Bucks is a similar one. The Tampa Bay Bucks 0.467 strength of schedule, 0.443 strength of victory. So a higher strength of victory than the Cowboys, but still not super impressive. And again, going back to the Chiefs, the Chiefs' hardest schedule in the NFL, 0.438 and a 0.5, excuse me, 0.538 and a 0.517 in strength of victory. So in other words, the Chiefs had the hardest um, strength of schedule in the NFL, and they have the best strength of victory in the NFL. Um, the Raiders, by the way, are second with a .515 strength of victory. So the Raiders, nobody's really believing in them, and I just said how I think the Bengals will probably beat them, but they're winners of four straight. They had the, hard, the, the second hardest strength of schedule of the playoff teams. Actually, no, the Steelers had a harder one, but they had a hard one. One of the harder ones. Uh, looks like it's third. I'm just going to double check myself here. Yeah, they had the third third hardest strength of schedule of the playoff teams and the second best strength of victory uh, in the NFL behind just the Chiefs. So, I don't know. Maybe the Raiders are something to look at. Um, but Tampa Bay does come in next on point differential at plus 158. The Packers and Titans, the number one seeds, were quite a bit lower. So, like, for instance, the Packers, or excuse me, the Titans, were a plus 65 is all on point differential. Number one seed in the AFC outscored their opponents by just 65 points. They are winners of three straight. They do have the bye. They do have home field advantage. They do have Derrick Henry off of the uh, disabled list and injured reserve. And he's now likely going to come back for their playoff game. I can't imagine he'll be at full strength, but he will be there. And so that's something to look at. I don't think the Titans go very far. To me, the Chiefs are runaway favorites in the AFC. Um, I, I think that I would be very, very surprised if the Chiefs don't make the Super Bowl. Um, I just would. I'd be very surprised. So that's my prediction. Chiefs, I'm sticking with that one. I had that earlier. I'm sticking with it. The NFC is different. I had predicted the Bucks, but what's happened? You look at momentum. You look at these injuries. You look at health. Um, you look at strength of schedule, strength of victory to kind of decide what their overall talent really is there and you look at experience that's a really big one I talked about that with the 
Patriots and the Bills matchup. Obviously, the coaching experience far heavily favors the Patriots. But you look at the quarterback, it's like a rookie versus Josh Allen, who's been growing each and every season. Um, so experience-wise, the Bucks are really, really on top of it. Talent-wise, I think they're pretty high. Um, momentum, I think they're okay. Three wins in a row, right? Like things are kind of clicking for them. But then you look at health, and you look, and they do have home field advantage as well for the first game or the first two games. Um, and then assuming the Packers get there, they'd have to f- travel to Green Bay for the NFC Championship game, which they did last year and won. But and you've got Tom Brady. But what happened? They lost Chris Godwin to injury. They lost Antonio Brown to a temper tantrum, which that's a story in and of itself. AB pouts his way off the field, throws his shoulder pads takes his shirt off, throws his wristbands, throws his shirt. Weirdest exit ever. The guy has to be suffering from CTE. You got to feel for the guy. He can't get out of his own way. He literally pouted his way off of a Super Bowl defending champion and very high contender for another Super Bowl this year. Pouted his way off the team, off the field, middle of the game, ran across the field, at least through the end zone, during the game, waving to the crowd, giving deuces, right, peace sign, and pouts his way off the team. And now he's blaming Tom Brady for all of it, who Tom Brady stuck his neck out for him, got him a job, got him on the team, let him live at his house for crying out loud for like who knows how long. I mean, Tom Brady did so much for this guy, and now he's blaming Tom Brady for the fact that he chose to quit and pout his way off the field. It's the weirdest thing. AB's got mental issues that are far beyond my... <laughs> my ability to to properly professionally dissect, but he needs professional help. There are issues there, no doubt. Um, so they lose AB, they lose Chris Godwin, um, they lose uh, Leonard Fournette. Their their health is not good. Uh, really, really concerning, actually, if you're a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. And unfortunately for them, this is a year where the two seed doesn't get a buy. It has historically the first, the top two seeds got buys. That's not the case this year. I kind of like it because it incentivizes teams to get that one seed, and it also brings in one extra team for the playoffs. And so I like this new setup. I really do. But if you're a Bucks fan, it's like, dang, we just played 17 game season. Now we got to also play. You know that that full playoff schedule to get the to the Super Bowl, which they did last year, and they won, um, and they went on the road from the start. They went to Washington, beat the football team on the road, um, ended up beating, like I said, the Packers on the road in the NFC Championship game. So they've done it before, but they're not at full strength. Um, again, I'd say their number two receiver and their number three receiver. I'll give Mike Evans number one, uh, but numbers two and three, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, both gone, both gone. Um, their number one running back. Leonard Fournette gone currently or banged up. We'll see. We'll see if he can come back uh, for their second game or third game of the playoffs. But that's a concern. So I'm going to give the Packers a slight edge this year, and I'm going to say that the Packers they're rolling. They lost yesterday to the Lions, but they didn't play anybody. You know, their starters were all sitting there. The number one seed wrapped up, so that doesn't count. They had won several in a row before that. Uh, I just, I just want to think that they'll redeem themselves from last year. And I'm actually going to change my prediction based on this new knowledge of injuries and health and A-B quitting and all this stuff that happened in the last month. And I'm going to say that the Packers are going to win the NFC. So I'm going to say the Chiefs as the two seed win the AFC. Packers as the one seed win the NFC. Um, and that's my prediction. Um, and guys, I'm doing 75 hard. And 
the most, the biggest change for me is trying to drink a gallon of water. So I'm actually going to have to hit pause and go pee right now. <laughs> 75 hard is great. I'm only on like day six or something, um, but BRB. Okay, we're back. <laughs> I realized I could have just, uh, you know, edited this because it's not like it's live, but kind of more fun to let you know what was going on there. Doing 75 hard, it's actually uh, pretty great. You know, for those that don't know, you do two workouts a day that are 45 minutes plus each, one of which has to be outdoors and they have to be separated by a decent amount of time. Um, so two separate workouts, one of which is out, outdoors. You read 10 pages a day, nonfiction. Uh, you drink a gallon of water a day, which I'm telling you, it's harder than you think. Um, it's actually, I take that back. It's not harder than you think. It's actually been pretty easy, but I'm just peeing a lot. <laughs> I'm peeing like an extra five times a day. Um, but uh, yeah, drink a gallon of water. You have to follow a diet, kind of your choosing. No alcohol, no cheat meals. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, and you take a progress picture every day. So uh, I've seen a lot of friends do it and had, you know, they've had a lot of uh, good stories and success about it. So uh, I'm doing it myself. So anyway, that was the break there. But getting back to the predictions, the the Bucks are right there. I want them to win because I kind of love greatness. I love dynasties. I love the his, historicness of uh, what Tom Brady's doing. I just have a feeling that this is Aaron Rodgers in the Packers year. Um, I wouldn't mind that either. He's an all-time great uh, who's only got one Super Bowl. And he's got another chance for the NFC Championship game to be in Green Bay. I just got to think that he's going to, you know, make up for for what he's failed at uh, previously, including last year. He's always wanted a home game for the NFC Championship game. He got it last year and lost to the GOAT. Probably going to have a chance to make up for that this year. And again, But this year, the GOAT's without his two of his three best receivers and his best running back. So I think that tips the scales in favor of the Packers for me. The Chiefs are rolling. They had the hardest schedule in the NFL. They had the best strength of victory in the NFL. Um, to me, the Chiefs are are better than a 12-5 and record. Um, and I think that will show itself in the playoffs. They're also rolling um, and, uh, and, you know, in a good spot. So uh, teams heading in the wrong direction. Cardinals, wrong direction. Um, even though the Cardinals do have the, the best strength of victory in the NFC, uh, at point four nine two, Packers had the second one, but um, that's kind of you know my thoughts there. And let's look live right now at the the Vegas odds. I love doing this. Do all my predictions, and I look at the Vegas odds. This is real. I don't I don't ever look first because I want to be un um, unbiased, and I just don't want to be affected. I want to have like my real, true. This is what I think, right? So NFL. Super Bowl, NFL playoff odds, futures odds, Super Bowl. Here we go. Uh, Packers and Chiefs. Am I good or what? Take me to Vegas. So not that that was too hard for anyone, but, you know, and then next are Bucks and then Bills and then Titans. Yeah, and I agree with that. Look, the Titans, they've gotten knocked all the way down to fifth, even though they're the one seed in their conference, right? Rams, Cowboys, Chargers are ahead of the Bengals. Anyone placing that bet is a moron. The Chargers aren't in the playoffs. Uh, maybe this isn't updated. Last updated January 10th, which I thought today was the 9th, so it must be live as of today. Very weird that the Chargers, uh, according to one Caesar Sportsbook, still allows people to place a bet on the Chargers. The other six, or the other five, rather, have taken them off. Bengals, Cardinals, Patriots, 49ers. So 49ers have the least are the least likely team to win the Super Bowl, according to 
the Vegas Vegas odds. But yeah, Packers and Chiefs are numbers one and two. And I agree. I just feel like it's I feel like that's the collision course we're on. And I'd be fine with that. Those are probably the two best teams in the NFL. And so I'd be fine watching that. Uh, I'm gonna look while I'm in here. I'm gonna look at uh, uh, the NFL MVP odds. I think it should be Tom Brady. But Vegas has Aaron Rodgers as the favorite by quite a bit, and then Tom Brady second. I don't know. I mean, Aaron Rodgers did have a better QBR and a better pass rating, but not by much. It was like neck and neck. But their team's tied for the best record, and Brady blew him away and everything else. Way more touchdowns, way more yards. Um, he did have more interceptions, which is a bad thing, obviously. But again, lots more yards, lots more touchdowns. Same record, very equal QBRs and passer ratings. I don't know. I don't know what else you want, but um, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Joe Burrow coming in third in the Vegas odds to an MVP. Not likely. Jonathan Taylor, man, if his team had made the playoffs, I I could cast a vote for him. Um, but anyway, that's that's all for the NFL stuff. Very excited for this weekend. Um, Got to talk real quick, real quick about Clay Thompson and the Warriors. Clay Thompson makes his return yesterday, first time um, in like 900 days, I think they said. It's like nearly three years since he played an NBA game, two two and a half seasons that he did not play. Um, so sad because I, Clay Thompson is a guy that I've always said is one of the most underrated players of our time. Um, he's one of the best defenders, has been, he hasn't played in two and a half years, so I guess we'll see, but has one of the very best lockdown defenders, and I would say he's the second greatest shooter of all time behind only his teammate, Steph Curry. And so, and he's so unselfish. He He's the guy that scored 60-whatever points on 11 dribbles. Um, such a good player. He came back last night. He didn't, he didn't look great, but he hasn't played in two and a half years. One thing I was surprised by, though, is just, like, the way his body looked. Like, he just... It looked like he hadn't been working out at all. I mean, he I'm sure they have a strategy behind how they wanted him to be as far as like muscle mass and things like that. I was just a little surprised that he didn't look like he'd been hitting the weights much. It looked like he had kind of gotten soft and skinny. Um, which I again I was just I was just surprised by that. But he comes out last night and let me see, I'm trying to pull up the box where they did win. They beat the Cavs. Um and I know he was just Guns a-blazing. 7 of 18, 3 of 8 from 3. Not bad. Not bad. He was a minus 2 on the plus-minus. He only played 20 minutes. He did start. 17 points, 3 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 block. Um, 7 of 18. Not not horrible. I mean, it's not good, but it's not horrible. Steph Curry was 10 of 21, was a plus 23 in the plus-minus. Had 28 points, 5 assists. Um, and again, they, they get the dub there against the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, But Clay Thompson, what's weird to me is like, the Warriors are so good this year. Best record in the NBA. And I'm very confused by it because they have the same team they had last year who was like very average. Last year's team was very average. It's the same exact team. And somehow they're really, really freaking good. Like, where do these guys get so good? Um, kind of bizarre. Like, everyone just, I guess it just started clicking. It just started working. And now all of a sudden, it's kind of like the pre-Kevin Durant Warriors where it's like, oh, dang, like maybe they've got just the right pieces in just the right places to be this phenomenal team. Clay Thompson back, Steph Curry's there, Draymond Green. Now they've got Andrew Wiggins, who's pretty darn good, Otto Porter. Um, they've got players, and I'm like, shoot, like how are they doing this? So they're a team that I think 
has a chance to win the title for sure. And they just added, and that's without Clay Thompson, and they just added Clay Thompson, who's for sure their second best player. And I just pray for his sake, fingers crossed, that he stays healthy because it was so sad to watch him go down twice, season-ending injuries. So that's interesting. Last thing before I wrap up and move on um, to other things with my day and uh, let you guys hit the subscribe button and move on to things in your day. Um, Got to talk about Georgia-Alabama game tonight, national championship. Georgia is favored by two and a half. My money's on Alabama, though. It's a rematch uh, that we just saw in the SEC championship game a few weeks ago. Super boring. Both 13-1. and one. I'm going to watch, uh, but I'm bugged that we're even having to deal with watching them play again. Uh, we already saw them play a championship game. I just wish it was something someone else. But we all knew this was going to happen when we saw who made the playoffs. Um, Michigan and Cincinnati were not going to beat either one of these teams. So I guess in that regard, they deserve to be here. But we already saw it. We already saw it. I wish they had to go through more teams than just one other to get to play each other again. But that's that. Uh, and again, I'm going to take Alabama to win again. Another national championship for Nick Saban. Woo, college football is so fun. All right, that's all the time I have for today. I am out. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports. Cause we are